driving the Summerton community in Kailo, Summerton, Philadelphia. A beautiful Monday morning. We go further here in Derek Hashem. An exciting week with lots and lots of exciting things coming up, including starting Megillah tonight at 7.15. In the meantime, let's go further in Derek Hashem right now. We are in Perik Dalad, Chalik Dalad, Simon Hay, Dalad, Dalad Hay. And we're about one-third of the way through the paragraph. This is the paragraph where the Ramachal is going to tell us what the idea of Mesiris Nefesh is, giving up one's life for the sanctity of God Almighty, the Rebbein Shalalev himself, what's going on with that, and how that comes into Shema, in Shema. That's part of what the, the Kavanis that we're supposed to be having in mind when we say Shema is having in mind that I'm willing to give up my life for the Rebbein Shalalev himself, and why that's here in Shema, and what that has to do with making the world a godly place. What's going on with that? So, and, and, and in other words, there's a question that has to be addressed over here, which we raised last week when we began this paragraph, and that question being, we get that there's a mitzvah to give up your life for the sake of God. There is such a mitzvah. Why is there this big Indian? Why is it important to even just think about that and to dwell on that and meditate about how I'm prepared to give my life for God. And that itself is, is becomes a formative and fundamental part of Shema, just thinking about it. We don't find this by other mitzvahs that there's a mitzvah even just to think about doing the mitzvah. And we put a lot of attention and, and emphasis on just thinking about it. And we certainly don't find that just like thinking about it when I don't have the opportunity to do it is bring down tikkunim, um, Mending the world, repairing the universe, bringing godliness in the universe, we don't find that by other mitzvahs. So, what's going on with all that? That there's a special idea in Indian, um, and, and there's, there's um, a whole area of Jewish thought over here where I'm supposed to be thinking about giving up my life, and that's connection to Shema. So, we began this last week, we saw the first third of the paragraph so far, and in the first third of the paragraph, Amchal was talking about. Again, this topic that's come up several times, which is that evil, with all of its power, with all of its abilities, and chaos has limitations. Evil has lines that it cannot cross. And although the world is a world where we are given free will, the whole fulcrum around which this whole world revolves and is balanced upon is the concept of free will, the fact that we can be very, very good, we can be very, very bad. We can do the highest level acts of piety, of selflessness, and we can do the most heinous, cruel, wanton acts of, of destruction. Uh, that are humanly possible. That's part of what Bechira allows for. That's what Bechira has to allow for. Nevertheless, there is a limit to how far a person can go. There's a limit to how pronounced evil can get. There's a limit to how powerful Ra, the Kaychas HaRa and Tumah, can become. There is a limit, and it's an artificial limit, and it's a limitation that does a little bit go against, you know, the, the way the, the Ra should work on its own based on how Hashem set up. But really, Shuras HaDin should be, the, the way things should work on their own should be, the same way I have unlimited capacity to be good, I should have unlimited capacity to be bad. But here's where things are asymmetrical. Hashem created the system in a way that's asymmetrical. I do have unlimited capacity for good, but I don't have unlimited capacity for bad. Hashem put an artificial cap over there, and the reason is, as we saw last week, that would spell 
certain doom and, and, and the potential destruction of the entire world. Hashem didn't create a world for the world to be destroyed. Hashem didn't create a world to have to destroy the world. That's from the Mabel and An, from the great deluge and onward. Hashem does not want this world to be destroyed. Hashem didn't create to be destroyed. So therefore Hashem puts this cap. Hashem puts a ceiling on the abilities of Ra. If Ra would be able to be unlimited, which it should be able to be unlimited, if it would be able to be unlimited, then again it could result in the destruction, total annihilation of the world. Hashem would have to destroy the world. Okay, let's move further. Ach, Bashir Masha Loyikal All that being said, to the degree that as long as evil will not become so powerful and proliferated that it, it will not destroy the world, but it would still plunge the world into the mundane and be far away from holiness, dark, clouded, and not illuminated, that evil can do. So Ra can go up until that line of Adkan, it can't go beyond it, that line that's drawn in the sand, that, you know, the, the buck stops here, that line that when you cross that line, on the other side of the line, that means you plunge the world in its entirety, um, in an incorrigible sense, in an absolute sense into evil, so that line can't be crossed, the world cannot become absolutely evil, but everything and anything up until that line can happen. The world can become very, very darkened and very polluted. Not only that, Hashem set up the world in such a way that that's the default. The starting point for the universe is a starting point in which it is distant from God. A very interesting concept. And we saw a similar concept, excuse me, in Evan Shlema, and a similar concept also in the Ramchal earlier, earlier a parallel of this in terms of the, the um, human creation, the creation of the human being and the formation and the creation of the human being, we saw a similar concept that a human being starts off very distant from God. A human being starts off as far as possible from God. A human being starts off his existence the total absence of godliness. The natural ground state of a human being is a total lack of godliness. Remember we had this concept? of a human being. The grand state of a human being is, is the absence, abject, void, and absence of godliness. That's an infant. An infant is the absence, total absence of godliness. Now, we would ask ourselves, uh, infants, the absence of godliness? They're so cute. They're so cute, right? That's the absence, the abject, the absence of godliness. So innocent. So cute, so innocent. That's right. So cute and innocent. Every child is, every infant is so adorable. I mean, you look at some other people's babies and you wonder how they find those babies adorable. But our own kids are so adorable. Our own babies, right? Stand up, I'm talking about. Our own babies are so adorable. Um, there's the absence of godliness there, and the answer is absence of godliness doesn't, doesn't mean evil. It doesn't have to mean evil. It means um, there are completely A, takers and not givers, complete dependence. And this is a deep idea, but we had this in the beginning of the Sefer. The highest level is to be independent. God is independent. God is not dependent and never dependent and cannot be dependent and will, ne- will never be dependent. It's impossible for God to be dependent. The more we're dependent, the less godly we are. The more independent, the more godly we are. A, a, an infant is the, the bastion. The more independent, the more godly we are. Isn't the, yes. the, the, the pinnacle of godliness be completely rely 
completely dependent on God, completely rely on God. There's, that's a mindset, but in terms of my existence, the more independent I am, the more self-sufficient I am, the more godly I am. So it's a physical, it's, physical versus uh, spiritual. What do you mean? physical dependency is not godliness, the spiritual dependency. Well, even that, again, it's, it's a mindset. Even in, in the realm of spiritual, I'm supposed to be spiritually independent also. The mindset is that I have a mindset where I'm, you know, my existence is dependent on God's existence, but but even in terms of my spiritual functioning, I'm supposed to be independent. What does that mean? Independent in the sense that um, I independently have made good decisions. I independently have faced my Yetzir Hara and battled him and, and, and won. I independently, without any compulsion, you know, uh, uh, make that decision. That's right, go to, go to Shul to dab in the morning, go to, go to learn. I go that, I go, I do these things even without getting phone calls, without my, my father coming and flipping my mattress and stripping the, the blankets off the bed. I'll get out of bed because because uh, I love to do that. That's even so. That's the the fine line. That's the balance over there. So so uh, an infant is very distant from God in that a that infant is independent is the, the biggest dependent, the greatest dependent is an infant, total, complete dependent. That's very distant from God, and also it's it's uh, an existence which is complete, uh, physical, uh, completely physical, complete physical existence. That child's world, that infant's world, is, you know, just an ongoing cycle. And again, these are ideas, we, we've mentioned these ideas in the past. It's a constant cycle of eating, sleeping, re- relieving, being, relieving its, you know, bodily habits, getting changed. Those, that's, that's nothing but a physical existence, which is also very far removed from God, the opposite extreme from God. So an infant is the opposite of godliness. And it takes time, it takes many years for that infant to become a child, which becomes a juvenile, which becomes a young adult, which becomes an adult, which is able to, on its own, gain a certain amount of independence and independently make himself or herself a source of godliness. But an infant is the complete opposite of godliness. This is the kind that we had, and that's how, that's how the world has been created, that every human being starts off at an extreme disadvantage, at extreme disadvantage, the absence of godliness, it's our job to bring a presence of godliness. The Rav Chal is making a parallel now to the universe. The universe starts off. The starting position of the universe is a complete absence of godliness. And it's our job to bring godliness into the absence, into the void, to bring a presence of godliness. What an amazing idea. What an amazing idea. It's not that poor us and woe is us, and like Nebuch, we live in a world that's so out of control, and, and, and so much craziness, and so much darkness and confusion, and, you know, life would be so much nicer and better and rosier if we would just live in a place where there's so much clarity and light and appreciation of all matters that are godly and holy, and our battery's running low. Um, the good news looks like it's already plugged in over here. Just have a coffee. Thank you. Um, Did we get it in time? Yes, we did. Last time I tried this and I got it in time, but it still shut off on me. The computers are way too polite. Way too polite. You might wanna you might wanna plug in your PC your PC. You might wanna plug in your PC. It's a very PC. Exactly. What a shanda. What a shanda. Um yeah.
you know, in Mashiach times, Mashiach time, Lassad Lavai, when the world has, has achieved harmony and tikkunim and perfection, we don't have to worry about computers making everybody happy or the, you know, um, the, uh, the um, designers and the, and the manufacturers, the manufacturers having to, you know what the computers will tell you? No, it's going to say, your battery's about to die, dummy. Don't you know anything about computers? Plug it in right now. Well, you want to, you want to, you your Zoom meeting shut off in the meeting? Shut off in the middle of the meeting? Plug in the computer. Dummy? That's what it'll say. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, okay, uh, let's get back to Ramchal. So, so the uh, universe also, very interestingly starts off in the same position. So it's not the pshat that like we have to bemoan our fate. We're stuck in a world which is so dark and so clouded and so confused and if only the world was a little lighter and brighter. No, fakir, that's how the world is supposed to begin. That's, that's the ground state of the world. Our job, our job, it's the contrary, is to bring the godliness into this world, to bring the presence into the absence, is to be surrounded by that darkness and bring in light. So that's a, a very profound idea the Ramchal is sharing over here. Okay, you just slipped that in and threw that out. But he said that in this one line, This is the starting point of the universe. The starting point is, the same way the starting point of man is chaos and disorder, absence of God, lack of godliness. The, the starting point of the universe is chaos, disorder, and utter lack of godliness. It's our job, to, our job to supply the godliness to the world. As we make progress, the world makes progress, slowly but surely we bring in light and godliness into this world and elevation into this world. Slowly, the world begins to climb out of that ground state just as a child develops and becomes more controlled, more controllable, more disciplined, more independent, more spiritual. The world has a development also. The universe develops. And as the universe develops, it receives more godliness in turn. As the universe develops, it becomes more godly, receives more godliness. As the universe becomes more receptive to God's light, it receives more of God's light. These states that we've been describing, the grand state of the world and how the world slowly rises and climbs out of the, those, those grand states step by step, it's all in... In, 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 in a very precise and directed and systemized way that's, that's direct, that, that, that is run by God Himself, governed by God Himself. Not random, not haphazard, it is with a plan. Excuse me. The Rebbein Shalom has established, again, the starting point of the world, what the grand state is supposed to be, and how the world is supposed to climb and progress um, step by step, and how it can be and will be guided by our progress. And there, there's, there's basics in that, and there's details in that also, details in where Hashem's light shows up, what areas it will show up, and, what, and, 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 and the 
the, the system within which it does climb and, and elevate bit by bit, step by step. What's the starting point? What, what, what are the additional madregas? And um, again, there's details upon details, levels upon levels over here, but the main point that Ramchal is saying is that there's the starting point of the world, you know, phase, phase, phase one, ground zero, and how the world can slowly climb and elevate and grow and receive um, more and more and more godliness, more and more perfection, more and more bracha, bounty and shepherd from Hashem as the world um, becomes more and more and more an environment that is, is uh, receptive to Hashem. Okay, so it's systemized. V'chein, shu'aru hazmanem sharoi she'yeleh matayseves hazeb emadregoisov. This elevation where the world becomes upgraded due to our um, activity within this world. Again, the approach that I'm setting up is the world has a grand state where the world is raw and rough and dark and chaotic absence of God. We, by making a presence of God, we develop ourselves as the child develops and, and the world it, it correspondingly develops together with us um, through our activity of, of making more godliness over here the world gets upgraded and is more in tune with godliness and receives more godliness the Ramchal is saying now that there are times that our activities are more powerful and pronounced and there are times that our activities are less powerful and less pronounced there's times that we can upgrade the world more and, and there's times that are more auspicious for that upgrade like we will explain um, shortly in, in, in chapters to come in this final section. What he means is like Shabbos, Yom Tov, Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah. He's referring to special times during the year. During special times during the year, the world is more set up. It's more auspicious during those times to make that upgrade, to bring the world higher and uh, to, to um, make that upgrade where the world is becoming... More elevated, and can and therefore correspondingly receive more elevation, more more light from God, more bracha from God. Every day, at the same time, shifting sideways to another long-standing idea. Although the world is constantly being upgraded, and the world is always waiting and ready for me to upgrade it through my actions, through Kleisel's actions, through humanity upgrading themselves, that upgrades the world from its starting point. At the same time, the world's constantly being refreshed, as is wherever the world happens to be standing right now and holding right now, the world's constantly being refreshed. Hashem is constantly recycling the creative energy that goes into the world from A to Z, every 24 hours. Every 24 hours, Hashem is constantly plugging back into the world all the creational energy that spans and runs the whole gamut of everything that the world needs. So he's saying now a complicated idea. He's saying the world is always ready and waiting for me to upgrade that world. And what does it mean for me to upgrade that world? It means for me via my activity down here, via Kleisel's activity of us making good decisions and making ourselves more and more independent 
spiritually, making ourselves more and more perfected spiritually, we upgrade the world. And it has to be, again, thought of as the journey of a child. An infant that goes to toddlerhood, that goes to childhood, that goes to adolescent, juvenile, teenagers, uh, um, young adults, adults. And the, the, the ideal and the, the, the ideal path in that, and the path that we want to see, is a constant progress and, and development in terms of that child's abilities to make good, responsible, independent decisions, to become a good, responsible, independently self-sustaining, spiritually attuned specimen of the human race, race of the Jewish people. That's the development of the child. That is the development of Kleisro also within this world. We climb and upgrade ourselves through that journey that we have, that spiritual journey. That, by extension, upgrades the world and, 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 and uh, brings Hashem's blessing, bounty, light, and Kedusha, holiness, into this world because the world becomes upgraded as we upgrade ourselves. The world becomes upgraded as we upgrade ourselves. And that means that hopefully today's world was not yesterday's world. And tomorrow's world won't be today's world. And next week's world won't be this week's world. Hopefully in a better sense. Hopefully that means week by week, month by month, those of us who get it are really getting it. And those of us who know right from wrong are stronger, ever stronger in right from wrong. And we're developing ourselves. We're giving that development over to our children, to our households, to, to the people around us, to God's Klyestral. And hopefully that means... On the one hand, that again, tomorrow's world should be better than today's world. And next week's world should be better than this week's world. And next month's universe should be higher than this month's universe. In terms of what? In terms of the people populating it being higher. And the world itself being higher. Being more elevated. Having more kedusha, More sanctification from God showing up there because I've upgraded the world. So that's on the one hand. We want that every day the world is a higher day. I'm sorry. Every day... The world is higher world than it was the day before. Every month, month by month, the world should be elevated, 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 elevated. More and more and more holiness from God coming in. On the other hand, the Rabchal is showing us he has to balance it out with another idea we have to grapple with at the same time, that the world's constantly being recreated every 24 hours. So is it the hopes it's a new world? Or it's the old world that Hashem is recreating it. means what Hashem is a mechadish b'chol yom tovid. Masa bereshis. The masa bereshis, the acts of creation... The six days of creation are constantly being recycled every 24 hours. This is not the first time we're hearing this. It's not going to be the last. We're going to see it, you know, in earnest in, 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 in a few uh, more paragraphs coming up in coming chapters. But again, the world's constantly being recycled and rehashed through the original six days of creation. So is it constantly a recreation of the original world? Or is, an, or is the world being upgraded? So we have to figure out a way that we can constantly be recreating the world, but in, a, in, in such a way that the world always has an ever-increasing amount of kedusha, of holiness, to be available to the world, for the world to be a higher world, you know, hour by hour, day by day, by day week by week, and month by month, and year by year. Okay, so this is the, 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 the just to I kind of see what's going on behind the scenes over here. These are the two ideas that the Ramchal is, is, is wrestling with, and that he's going to show us how they come together and what, what, what the approach, and that's going to tie us back to Shema. Yeah, a question? So the Ramchal, previous examples always gave, like, you could do it, but it, it's limits. Like, people have limits on the souls and, like, different people, potential and everything else. Are the same limits slash potential set forth here, or is it 
it is what it is. In in terms of uh, raising the world, correct. So you're asking if the world can really ever reach totality, total perfection. Do we? Is there a saturation point in terms of perfection? Correct. That's an excellent question, and the way we set things up, actually, even in this morning's class, was in theory there should not be. It should not no. There should not be a saturation point in terms of perfection because Stan is picking up correctly on what we. I, I don't know if I said this explicitly or was alluded to in the beginning of this morning's class, this morning's module, Er Hashem module. We mentioned that Ra, evil, has that line of of uh, you know the buck stops here. That line of demarcation. It doesn't have unlimited reach even though it should because evil is just a function of Bechir, and Bechir means I can do whatever I want. Hashem says, no, evil can't go past this line. It doesn't allow it. It's an artificial cap. We don't want the world to get destroyed. So, correspondingly then, we call it an asymmetry. That means Toiv should not have any limitation. There should be unlimited, unlimited capacity and potential for perfection. And for good, there should be no saturation points. Right? Based on what we said, then the answer to Stan's question... The evil exists for the for there to be good. Right. So they're evil negatively to get to the good. They're yeah. correlated. So, like, that's why... Yeah, so, so there should... Off. In theory, there should be... It should be unlimited also. In practice... This is, this is a, an excellent question, which would take us a little bit off topic. So I'm going to give a quick answer. Now, maybe one time we'll dedicate a whole module just to discussing this question more in depth. But I'm going to give the quick answer now. The quick answer is, is, is uh, you know, uh, the bullet point of the principle. It's an important principle. In theory, yes, there is no limitation. And there's unlimited capacity for perfection. There's no point that you say, okay, you're as perfect as you can be. You, you know, keep perfecting yourself higher and higher and higher. Um, in practice, is, does that hold true in practice? It depends. It depends on where you are. It depends on where you are. Physically or spiritually? Both. Are you in Eilam Hazah or are you in Eilam Habba? Are you in this world or are you in the world to come? That's what it depends on when it comes to applying this concept in practice. In this world, there is a limitation. There is a, a point that a natural cap that you can't, you know, a ceiling that you can hit over here in terms of perfection, shlemus and type. In the world to come, those barriers are lifted. And that's where the true asymmetry shows up. Um, there's no saturation point. There's always higher levels to attain in terms of perfection. Um, where we have, uh, you know, this, this, this um, spiritual function, which is always approaching the infinite and always getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And this world doesn't work in practice. So even after a person dies, I mean. In the world to come. Yeah, not after a person dies. After a person dies, you may have to die twice, even, to get there. Um... Yeah. That's interesting. The world, this world, and the world to come. This world does have a natural cap. But there's a quote unquote waiting room also. The waiting room too. Yes. So yes. does that refer to the waiting room or the actual when Mashiach comes? Because there's. there's what the world to come? 
Yes. Uh, neither. <coughs> it's after the waiting room, which is after Mashiach comes. Here, the world to come comes after the waiting room, which comes after Mashiach comes. Depends which waiting room we're talking about. I thought there but was the, a waiting room, quote unquote, that was referred to as Olam Haba. Yeah, when we say Olam Haba, the the in the the, the, the um, strict sense, the accurate sense of Olam Haba is referring to um, way down the line after after the waiting room and after Mashiach. Mashiach is in this world. When we use it, the term strictly, um, and um, when he's coming, when is Mashiach coming? Yeah. You missed it. Sorry. Anyway, all right. Yeah, no, maybe maybe you'll hear it on tape. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Uh, that's the answer to Stan's question. So, um, okay. So I think this is a good place to stop for today before we re- reveal any more secrets over here. God. That's the answer to answer question. So again, this world does have, for various reasons, now why, the why behind that, what, what's the difference why in the world, next world, the world to come, there is no limitation, there's no saturation point, there's no ceiling. In this world, there is a ceiling. And in theory, there's never a ceiling. In practice, it depends if you're in this world, that world. That's the bigger discussion. But in the meantime, we are poised over here. Next, this tomorrow morning, Mr. Shem will take this all the way home, this paragraph. We'll see how the Ramchal is going to tell us how we can balance a world that can always be increasing um, in its being upgraded, getting closer and closer to God, housing and, and, and being a vehicle for projecting more and more and more of God's holiness. Uh, um, balance that against a world that's constantly being recreated, recycled. The, the old six days of creation constantly being recycled through that. So how can it be? How can we say next week's universe will be a different universe than this week's universe? The universe is always being plugged, you know, cycled through the original, the same six days. And that's going to bring us to, um, somehow, the, the Ramchal is going to link that to Kiddush Hashem, giving up one's life for God's name, God's sanctity, and um, Shema. Okay? So all that and more, Mitzvah Hashem, tomorrow morning. Everyone should be, have, have a wonderful today.